0: It was a busy first weekend of the NBA playoffs. Why the Magic may not be that far off. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. We'll we'll make that argument. Plus, hey, Franz Wagner got snubbed. Let's just let's just let's just say it as it is. We'll get into that and a whole lot more on today's Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is April 18th, 2022. My name is Philip Ross. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at PhilipRR underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, why the Magic aren't so far away from the play-in tournament. We'll make that case. Plus, a look at the three seasons the Magic had and a whole lot more coming up here in just a moment. But before we get to that, we want to thank you for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload, no matter when, we truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA plus a whole lot more. Check them out wherever you download podcasts or search for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Today's podcast also brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Now that the playoffs are in full swing, um, we're, we're, you know everyone's starting to close the book on the regular season. Now we'll be doing a lot more of that too later on this week. We'll start our player evaluation series here on the website. That might actually start tomorrow. Um, I'm getting ready to name my full season MVP. We'll talk probably more about that tomorrow. Um, it's, there's a lot to get into. There's a lot of issues to talk about, a lot of things to talk about. Um, but we are starting to put a bow on the regular season, starting to look ahead, both to the playoffs, obviously that are still ongoing, but also the draft lottery and the off season ahead. So we'll have plenty, plenty, plenty to say, um, as we get ready and as, as we move forward here in the coming months. But the first part of the recap, the first part of the end of the season is very much the awards. Uh, And for Magic fans, there's been one award that's been kind of on their mind and in their focus uh, the the entire season, and that is Rookie of the Year. Franz Wagner, unfortunately, will not be winning Rookie of the Year. The NBA announced the finalists for the six major awards that they give out and have named Scotty Barnes, Kate Cunningham, and Evan Mobley as the three finalists, as the top three finishers for the Rookie of the Year award. This is not entirely surprising. Um, for a lot of reasons, um, a this is none of this should be taken as any disrespect for Scotty Barnes, Kate Cunningham, or Evan Moley. They all had fantastic seasons. In all honesty, most years, any one of those three players plus Franz Wagner would be uh, would be having a rookie of the year capable season. This rookie class has been incredible. It's very very rare to see rookies play this well this soon, and. Um, we shouldn't take that, take anything away from that. Um, there, 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 there can be only one Rookie of the Year, um, but there are legitimately four, maybe even five guys who have put in Rookie of the Year caliber seasons. Um, we'll get to the all-rookie teams later on in the offseason. Franz Wagner should 100% be on that all-rookie team. If you go read all the major national writers, they will all say that while Cade, Scotty, and Evan have separated themselves as three, Franz sits there pretty comfortably at four, closer to three than he is to five. No one, I don't think anyone is is necessarily disrespecting Franz Wagner um, in this case or in this sense. Um, I don't think anyone is disrespecting the season that he had. This was just a really good rookie class. Um, and again, we expect Franz Wagner will be named to the all-rookie first team, although it, for a number of reasons, it, it, it may not be the slam dunk that everyone thinks it, it, it should be or, or is in, in reality. The fact of the matter is that, yes, the Magic do a poor job crafting narrative and the Magic do a poor job getting attention. They were one of the worst teams all year, so was Detroit, um, but they don't have the number one overall pick. Franz Wagner is an eighth overall pick. He mostly fits in gaps and and doesn't have the big scoring games, although he had plenty of big scoring games. Um, he doesn't have the flash or, or the attention of the public that a guy in his position in the lottery or in the standings uh, would need to have to get... Noticed for this award, again. Scotty Barnes had a fantastic season outside of Franz Wagner. There was no rookie that was more consistent than Scotty Barnes. Um, Evan Mobley transformed Cleveland's defense. So even though Franz Wagner averaged more points than him, uh, I, I think it's fair to say that uh, I think it's fair to say that Mobley had as big of an impact as any other player. Um, he is my pick for rookie of the year. To be perfectly honest. Um, Cade Cunningham is the number one overall pick. There's going to be added attention on him regardless of his team's record. And he played really well. Uh, so again, I, I don't want to take anything away from him. I would def, I would go Mobley, Mobley. If I were, if I had a ballot, I would go Mobley Barnes and then probably Wagner would be my third pick, but I don't think Cade is a bad pick for third either. Um, these guys all had really good seasons. That's, that's, that's all I'm saying, but there's definitely a narrative pull and a narrative tug on these guys and and the way that they played and the way that they um, and and the way that, that everyone talked about them, that got them over the hump, that got them kind of the attention that they needed to be front and center in these awards. That's, that's the reality of it. Again, whether it's magic PR, whether it's magic, magic, Twitter, whether it's magic fans, you know, I don't know who's to blame for Franz not having that narrative push Um, it, the magic were very nondescript team. You know, again, the the, the thing that frustrated most about the Kyrie Irving game was not that Kyrie Irving necessarily scored 60. It's that this is how everyone's going to remember this magic team. This is going to be the biggest national, the national notoriety this team gets when they've had a really nice year, when they've done some really good things, when their young guys have played really well and including Franz and Franz, you know, if, if you want to say, oh, well, you know, Kate Cunningham, he had 30 point games, Franz had 30 point games, um, Franz had big scoring games and big scoring outbursts, but they just weren't, no one paid attention to them or, or was at a point in the season where people were not quite paying attention to these guys quite yet. Um, as they're focused on other things, it was, it was, it's a weird narrative thing. And that's how a lot of these awards work, unfortunately. I mean, remember when Terrence Ross got robbed of being a finalist for Sixth man of the year in 2019. And we were like, how is that possible? Like he was a big reason why Orlando made the playoffs in 2019 there's just a narrative thing about these awards that, that people get kind of set in their ways and set in the storylines that they want to promote. Um, and, and honestly, that's a problem with these awards is it, it, it becomes about storyline. I mean, shoot 2010 MVP, Derek Rose won that MVP in training camp. There's nothing Dwight Howard or LeBron James could do to win that MVP. Um, even though they both should have won MVP over Derek Rose that year, Derek Rose won that MVP in training camp. And it was just kind of decided that's, that's what was going to happen. Um, Again, Derek, not that Derrick Rose had a bad year. Dwight and LeBron were better that year. Uh, I, I, I don't think that's a hot take to say. Um, it is it is what it is. Uh, and I know Magic fans are upset and frustrated um, by the fact that Franz isn't going to be able to win that award or, or get the recognition that he deserves. He should be on the All-Rookie First team. If he's not on the All-Rookie First team, team, then we riot. Um, but I don't think we should take away from the season that Franz had. And I think we'll be talking a little bit more about Franz uh, and his rookie year on tomorrow's episode of Locked On Magic. So we'll, we'll we'll see about that. I want to talk a little bit more about the playoffs and how close the Magic actually might be to the play-in tournament. We'll talk about that coming up here in just a moment. But first, today's podcast is sponsored by Athlete or Athletic Greens. Excuse me. I gotta get the na- I gotta get the name right. Um, look. Uh, Our next partner has a product that, that I, I try to use every day, every day. I I won't say that I quite have the habit down, Um, but we're all trying to take care of our bodies. We're all trying to do our best for ourselves. Um, And, but we want something simple and easy. And that's where athletic greens comes in. If you want better gut health, if you want more energy and optimized immune system, but hate taking pills and vitamins, you need a supplement that a supplement that actually tastes great. You want to see what the hype is about. Check out Athletic Greens today. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy recovery, focus, and aging all in one thing. It's a lifestyle-friendly supplement, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial, anything while tasting good. And it supports better uh, better sleep quality and recovery, and recovery supports mental clarity and alertness. It's the one thing with the best things. Athletic Greens uses the best of the best products based on the latest science with constant product iterations and third-party testings. Athletic Greens was created when the founder experienced a ton of gut health issues and ended up on a complicated supplement routine to recover. It cost him more than $100 a day. He created Athletic Greens after experiencing how difficult it was to create an optimal nutritional routine of your own. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com NBA Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com NBA Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Today's podcast is also brought to you by Built Bar. I'm trying to get back into my New Year's resolutions and my habits. It is you know, April already, so it's not time to give up. Summer's around the corner, so we all got to be thinking a little bit about our health before we head out into the sun or, in Florida's case, st- take, a, take a toe out into the sun, realize it's way too hot, and head back inside to the air conditioning. And that's where Built Bar comes in. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Replace those candy bars, replace those chocolate snacks, with this chocolate because it is good for you or it is better for you than those other things. Bilt Bars are covered in 1% real chocolate. They are low-calorie, high-protein. Replace your candy bars with these. They will be better for you uh, and give you less than half the calories with all the chocolate taste that you like. Go to Bilt.com and scroll down to the macros chart. You'll be blown away. High-protein, low-cal, high-fiber, low-carb. Most Bilt Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. They come in great flavors like mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and Plenty of new flavors come out every single month. They're making new flavors all the time, so check out what they have to offer. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. We want to thank you for making Locked On Magic your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. Nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. So obviously, the playoffs this weekend. Um, in, in one respect, it was nice to be able to watch them super stress free. Um, I won't deny that. It's uh, the games are a lot of fun. It's I, I love the I love the NBA playoffs. I love basketball and. Um, it, it is it is nice not to have a, a, a dog in the fight. At the same time, I do miss the pressure and the and the feeling that every possession matters and every possession means something and every possession um, is do or die. That's that stuff is the best. Um, playoff intensity is just another level. And and you honestly don't understand that till you go to a playoff game. Um, it get it it seems like it doubles or triples with each round and you forget that if you haven't been to one in a while. Um, it's it's a blast. It, it's been a blast watching these things. And, and obviously the next question is when are the magic going to get to get to do this? When are the magic going to be in these intense game situations? Um, after Pat, Pat Beverly's performance and the Timberwolves win over the Clippers last week, RJ Hampton said, I'm going to be jumping on the, on the school, on the scores table after we make, after we make, when the play in tournament next year, you know, Cole Anthony tweeted during the games yesterday uh, on Sunday that, you know, playoff intensity is just another level. I, I can't wait to be in it. Um, there's there's definitely uh, an anticipation among the Magic players and, and and certainly among Magic fans to get back to these moments, to have these moments once again uh, and play at this level. Um, of course, the Magic are 22 and 60. Um, they had the second worst record in the league. It feels like they're far away from doing all these things and, and far away from playing at this level. But the fact of the matter is, it's not that far. Um, yeah, sure, 20 games is, 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 a, is a little bit of a distance. It was about 500 to get into the play tournament this year, but it's really not that big of a leap to go from 20 wins to 40. Um, you know, I remember Scott Skiles said this uh, after the Magic won 35, 35 games, uh, his only year coaching. He said, yeah, going from 25, because, you know, I asked, you know, like, you know, yes, the team got off to, got off to the hot start and kind of struggled down the stretch, but – see the team go from 25 wins to 35 wins, what did, what improvement does that say? And, and Skyles, ever the gruff realist that he is, said, you know, going from 25 to 35 wins is pretty easy. It's 35 to 50. That's the challenge. Um, so obviously there's a long way to go and a lot of growth that has to happen. But the Magic are, are not that far off in, in reality. Um, you know, it, it, it doesn't take much. I mean, Cleveland was projected to win, what, 26 games this year? They Had a breakout year from Darius Garland. They had Jared Allen kind of step up into an all into an all star this year. Um, they had uh, what's his name? Uh, they had Evan Mobley step in and really transform them defensively as a rookie. Um, they all of us, you know, I remember seeing uh, on the schedule at the end of the season, Cleveland twice, and thinking, oh, that the, the Magic have an easy schedule down the stretch. They got Cleveland twice. They got Oklahoma City twice. Um, Turned out that those two Cleveland games, while the Magic should probably have won both of them instead of just one of them, turns out Cleveland was a pretty good team. There's always a surprise team somewhere, and it's always internal growth that helps them take that step up uh, as much as anything. Um it's always some internal growth that helps them step up uh and, and, and then the right added guy, the right added piece. That's that's always how it is with these teams. When these teams improve, it's usually because internally they get better and they add the right guy to the mix that takes them to that next level as well. That 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 kind of elevates their play and elevates their team. That's the reality. That's the, that's the challenge that's ahead of the magic. Okay. Who is the guy that's gonna internally develop into a star? You know, maybe it's Franz Wagner, maybe it's Jalen Sucks. It's certainly, certainly a possibility for either of those guys. Who's gonna be the guy that gets added to the mix that elevates the team? The magic should have a top, they will have a top six pick in this coming draft. There's someone, there could be someone there that helps them get there. And the reality is just with a young team, they're going to get better or players, individual players are going to get better. They may not get better as a team, but they they're going to get better. They're going to improve. Um, And, and, and the question is, how does the magic, how do the magic try and tie that together? And how does that translate to wins? I, it, it's silly at this point to sit here and guarantee or say the Magic's goal next year should be to make the play-in tournament. I, I don't think that's the Magic's goal this year, at least with the roster they've currently constructed. Um, obviously, things can change in the offseason. I think the Magic's goal is to be more competitive next year. I think the Magic's goal is to be on the fringes of the play-in tournament. I think their goal is to get above 30 wins, continue to make kind of steady progress up the hill, um, just kind of show more proof of concept that they have something that can that they can build with and they can work with and that they can grow with. Next season. But the play-in tournament is a big step. That's not one that's so far away. Charlotte got LaMelo Ball and jumped into the play-in tournament two years ago. Cleveland developed, again, into a play-in tournament team. Minnesota, yes, they had a lot of top-end talent, but they added the right guys. Uh, Anthony Edwards emerged. Patrick Beverly came and changed that culture. They added the right guys to get to this level, to jump from a high 20s, low 30s team into a playoff caliber team, into a playoff capable team. Of course, Minnesota defeated Memphis in game one of their series on Saturday. Um, it, it it feels like a far way away. It absolutely does. But it's not. It's not so far away. There's still the ability to get there. There's still the ability to make that leap, to make that jump, um, and, and really surprise everyone. By jumping into the play-in tournament, it isn't so far away. Obviously, there's a lot of work to do on the court to get there. No one's gonna, no one's gonna deny that. No one's gonna pretend, uh, pretend that this is a team that won 22 games had the wor- had one of the worst offenses in the league. I think they they snuck out of being the worst offense in the league. They've got work to do, um, and, and their identity and their culture is still getting set. But the magic, the magic are not so far away. I, I think everyone agrees that there's the talent there to make something happen. And everyone is everyone on the team is very confident they can make make things happen. The question then, of course, is can they actually do it? Can they actually take that step forward? And that's the part we don't know yet, but I, I don't think their goals, I don't think the successes that we're seeing, um, these big moments that we're seeing this last weekend, I don't think they're that far off for this group. It's just a matter of putting all those pieces together and staying focused on the big prize. We'll have more to say about the Magic's culture and what they believe they can do moving forward uh, coming up later this week. But for now, we'll chat a little bit about the three seasons the Magic had coming up in just a moment. But first, BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news. Including this year's NBA playoffs and the start of the MOB season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online, where the game starts. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. So uh, you know we're we're still kind of dissecting the season, still getting a, a good understanding of what the Magic season was. And you know if you listen to Jeff Weltman, um, he's made had one media availability since the end of the season. He went on open mic with Mike Bianchi on ninety six nine The Game here in Orlando. Um, that's really the only time we've heard the Magic's uh, head honcho talk about the season. And he brought up an interesting thought or an interesting kind of thought experiment um, uh, that to to during that interview. Um, he said, pretty much, the Orlando Magic's analytics team look, has divided the season into into thirds. I think he, I think he really said half, but um, into thirds is is the way I would put it. Before Jalen Suggs' injury and after Jalen Suggs' injury, um, this is you know, this is not to say that Jalen Suggs was super important to the team or that he was like the MVP of the team or anything like that. Um, but it was a pretty major event. Um, Suggs missed about twenty games in the season. Uh, or 20 games of the season with that broken hand, uh, and that was a pretty big event for the team. Um, you know, a, a pretty big, you know, a pretty major event to kind of circle the season around. And so, I wanted to look at it and see what the magic actually looked like if he divided their season into thirds: before Suggs's injury, during Suggs's injury, and after Suggs's injury, since that was such a major event in the season. Suggs, uh, Suggs was injured 22 games into the season. He averaged 12.3 points and 3.6 assists per game while shooting 33.9% from the floor. Obviously not a great season for Jalen Suggs. In a lot of ways, Suggs was one of the biggest drains on the Magic's offense. In those first 22 games, Orlando had a 100.6 offensive rating, 27th in the league, and a 111.4 defensive rating, 28th in the league, while playing at a pace of 99.1 possessions for 48 minutes, 15th in the league. Pretty much there was nothing outstanding about the Magic early in the season. They weren't playing great defense. They were certainly not playing good offense, and they were playing at about a league average pace. They didn't really have an identity. They really didn't understand who they were. They were just kind of, you know, for you know, for an oversimplification, Cole Anthony shooting the ball a lot. When he shot the ball well, the Magic competed. When he didn't, they struggled. It was, it was really that simple. So the team didn't really know who it was. While Suggs was out, things started to change a little bit. The Magic had an offensive rating of 105.8 points per one possessions. Again, uh, an indication that, yes, Jalen Suggs was a bit of a drain on the offense early in the season, um, but it was still 28th in the league during that time period. And their defensive rating was 113.6 points per one possessions, 23rd in the league. Still not great. More interestingly, the Magic's pace sank to 97.8 possessions per 48 minutes, which makes sense because Jalen Suggs is someone that does push the pace a little, but they were 19th in the league. So again really no identity, really no sense of how they wanted to play or or the things that they talked about early in the season. When Suggs returned until the end of the season, so the final 40 games of the season, Orlando saw its offense sink sink again, but they found their defensive footing. In those final 40 games, the Magic had an offensive rating of 104.8 points per 100 sessions, 29th in the league, not a great number, and a defensive rating of 111.7 points for hundred possessions, 11th in the league. You'll notice that that number is roughly the same as it was before Suggs's injury, but ranked much lower among the league. The team's pace still ballooned 101 possessions for 48 minutes, which became fourth in the league. Certainly helped by the last quarter of the season when Markel Fultz was playing uh, and the team played at a pace of, I think it was 104 possessions for 48 minutes with Fultz out there. Um, certainly that helped matters. Suggs, for his part, averaged 11.3 points per game and five assists per game with a 38.1% field goal percentage. He played 27 of those final four, 40 games. So what can we take from these numbers? What can we take from what this says? First, it tells us that the Magic's defense was fairly consistent. Um, you know, they gave up the same number essentially throughout the whole year uh, when Suggs was in there, who's, who's a pretty good defender, especially for a rookie. 111 points for one hundred possessions is... Not a a fantastic number by any means, but compared to the rest of the league, especially that last half of the season when offense is really starting to find their groove, the Magic played good defense. Defense is always relative. Um, The issue is the Magic's offense is so bad, it doesn't really matter. They have to play elite defense to really give themselves a chance every night. And there were certainly structures where the Magic did do that, but their offense just was not consistent enough to support the defense in the way that they were playing defense. It's certainly a better offense would theoretically make their defense better too. So, it, it, it there's a lot of warning. There's a lot of there's there, there's a little bit of noise in the Magic's defensive numbers. But to say that Orlando played relatively good defense, I think is fair to say. To say that the Magic's defense needs to continue improving is also perfectly fair to say, and something that absolutely needs to happen for this Magic team. This is all to say again that the biggest issue the Magic faces, their offense, really struggled. And their offense is the biggest thing holding them back. But Orlando was able to pick up their pace. Orlando was able to to find an identity and carve a little bit of itself. Um, I don't know if dividing the season into thirds really explains the Magic season a ton. um, Because Suggs was fairly consistent, and and, and we kind of know the level that he was playing at. Um, The Magic did have a level of consistency with Suggs out there, and certainly his defense helped a ton. Um, But it's hard to say that the Magic have an overarching philosophy quite yet. Um, they have ideas and and, and 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 a feeling of what they ultimately want to be, but it's still sort of coming together. It's still not clear. Um, it's still not clear what how this team's gonna develop and, and and exactly what's gonna drive this team forward. Again, offense is just such a problem. It's holding everything back. Orlando needs to at least get, I don't want to say league average, but if they can get somewhere below like slightly below league average offensively that's what happened in 2019 and 2020 Orlando was not abysmal offensively that allowed their defense to really shine and that allowed them to make the playoffs that allowed them to be competitive most nights um it's it's really that simple it's really simple things like that and I think these numbers while not necessarily so explanatory and of course the Magic have their own proprietary numbers that they probably look at as well um they do explain a little bit of where the Magic need to continue improving and and where they can find success so that's that's what we're looking at as we continue to go through the season. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. you're tuning in, Himley, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all of the major places on podcasts, your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter as well at Philip R underscore omd. And for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. Now that you're done listening to us, be sure to check out Locked On NBA. From the first jump, Ball of the play in tournament to the last possession of the finals. Locked on experts take you deep inside the playoffs with insight and analysis affecting all 30 teams. Subscribe today to the Locked On NBA podcast. That's going to do for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic for Orlando Magic, daily Locked On Magic. this has been Phil Frost and I'll we'll you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic.